Hey friends, before we get to today's episode, I want to talk to you about unicorns. You know I think we're all unicorns because we have special gifts and talents, and because we're all so special, it's important that we invest in things that will help us get to the next level. In fact, 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com slash startups. And I was forced to figure out, okay, what do I do now, right? And, you know, that was a, like, reckoning, and it, and it, it was a big applying to jobs, getting rejected over and over. I don't I don't even know how many jobs I applied to. I want to say it's got to be, like, four or 500. You know, not even getting past the resume screen or getting interviews, getting fun rounds, not getting offers, right? And then the one thing that I thought about and that was coming, kept was in the back of my mind was like, okay, by X date, if nothing happens, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start practicing law again. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde, your host and resident storyteller, and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. No Straight Path is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are digging into the human stories behind success, and my hope, as always, is that you leave the conversation inspired, motivated, and excited about your journey. All right, friends, I hope you are well. Thank you for being here. And today we have another inspiring guest, Isaiah de Porto Plick. Isaiah has a meaningful career with several different pivots, and he's used these pivots to define and follow his North Star. As someone who is on my own journey of defining my North Star in my career and life, I just found this conversation very helpful. I also appreciated Isaiah's vulnerability and honesty. And before we get to our conversation, let me tell you a bit more about Isaiah. So he is counsel at SSM, which is a modern women and minority owned boutique law firm that provides big law quality services. He advises startups on a number of corporate issues, and he has worked at top global law firms as an attorney and in business development at various tech companies. He co-founded Fuerza Ventures, which invests in pre-seed and seed stage startup companies led by underrepresented founders. And he is just so passionate about helping underrepresented founders succeed in business. Isaiah went to USC for undergrad, Stanford for law school, and the University of Washington for business school. And he's using his education, life experience, and passion for helping others to make a positive impact in the world. It's just another great conversation where we talk about life, career, setbacks, and purpose. So let's get to it. I'm so excited to have you, Isaiah, on the podcast. Thank you for joining me on No Straight Path. You've had such an interesting career, and I'm just excited to dig into it. So thank you, first off, for being willing to share your story. Of course. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share my story. Good, good. So let's start from the beginning. Let's start with your childhood. Tell us about how you grew up, a little bit about little Isaiah, and perhaps how little Isaiah is showing up in the work that you're doing today. 
it's funny, I, I told a portion of the story last week at, at the Goody Nation Summit in Atlanta. It starts back really with my parents. My, my mom is Mexican, Native American, and German, primarily German. And my dad is Black, Native American, and again, German. I'm more German than anything else. Both my grandmothers were born in, in, in Germany without any other white privilege. Um, but that's a, that's a side note. I start there because when I was born, just due to complications, I ended up having a stroke that left me with cerebral palsy from birth. And, and fortunately, it was mild and, and most, most people can't tell that I have cerebral palsy. But when I was a kid, you can, you can certainly tell. And it's something that affected my childhood and everything that happened in my life. I would say, you know, if I, and I say this all the time, my mom's my superhero. And if I didn't have the mother that I had, I wouldn't even be a fraction of the person that I am today, just because she sacrificed so much to make sure that I got the best medical care, that I went to all of the speech therapy, all of the occupational therapy, the doctors. I remember we'd sit for hours at the doctor's office every six months. And, you know, she, to this day, um, I, I call my mom once a day. She, you know, ended up being everything for me and my sister. And, and the reason for that is my dad was an alcoholic. I have memories of when I was a, a child with my dad, mostly at a bar. I grew up in a, in a dive bar when I was with him. And I think when you're a little kid, you don't fully understand like those realities. So my, my parents divorced when I was eight. And then essentially my mom became everything for both of us, was raised a lot by my grandmother as well, but was dealing all of that with, with on top of just getting picked on as a child due, due to the disability, along with this mixed identity stuff and everything else going on. But overall, I was a happy child. Despite all that, was it was a happy child? Yeah, yeah. And so you said just a mix of all these different things, challenges, but joy, and you were a happy child as well. You know, what do you think you learned from that childhood and how did you take it into your adulthood? One, I think I was always reminded, you know, especially where I grew up and just everything is there's a lot of people that that had it worse than I did, or that just life is hard. Life is going to throw you stumbling blocks. And it's it's something that I've had to be reminded of lately, as I go through a, a professional piece of my journey that I never had to go go through. Life isn't, it's just not consistent, right? Like, you're going to have those highs, you're going to have those lows. And if you react if you act strongly right to either one of those things, you're, you're constantly going to be on this, this roller coaster. And so you have to take life in, in stride ultimately because you're, you're, it's the only life you've got, right? You can't live anyone else's life. They can't live your life for you. You have to live the life you have. And so for me, it was about let me make the most out of the situation that I was dealt, the cards that I was dealt in life. Like let me live life to the fullest and have, have lived that way ever since I was young. Mm, mm, I love that. And when you say ever since you were young, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your personality when you were younger? Little Isaiah, how did he show up in the world? 
I was like born as an adult. It was weird. Um, I I was a massive talker. I I I would hang around with the adults. I I never really hang around with kids my age at like family parties. Um, we had big family parties. Um, and my uncle would jokingly say like, "Whose kid is this?" Like with the adults, I had to know everything, right? Like I I didn't, you know, when Google. I want to say when smartphones came out and Google became accessible at your fingertips it changed my life because then i could get the answers to everything i wanted to but i'd always want to know the why behind things that was huge for me the other thing was like relationships were everything to me i've 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 known my best friend since i was was six and we've been you know boys to this day and so relationships and building just strong relationships where you actually like deeply care about the person it's just not transactional what was big for me but I was also this just this young adult that that had to grow up quickly and make decisions that most kids just don't have to make yeah yeah that's what I was just about to say it sounds like you grew up quickly and it sounds like you were also born like with an old soul simultaneously you've had a very interesting career with lots of different pivots So can you talk to us about your mindset and the why behind your pivots and what perhaps gave you the confidence to make these pivots? Yeah. I think the biggest mindset change for me happened in law school. I thought I was going to be a litigator. I thought I was going to fight the good fight. You know, that's what I thought ever since I was 10. And I got to law school and I realized, okay, I do not like litigation. I do not like legal research. Don't put me on Westlaw or LexisNexis. I don't I don't want to do it. I don't want to be in a courtroom doing oral advocacy. It's just not my thing. And so I had a freak out identity crisis mode. And that's how I became a transactional attorney. And ever since that moment, I, I realized that, okay, I've been closed off to a lot of different paths that I could have potentially taken because I thought that this was going to be like the path for me. And I thought there's no way I'm not going to do anything but this. And so from that moment on, I approached I approached both like my career and everything with with an open mind of like, all right, I'm going to go where this where, you know, this takes me. And I just happened to start at O'Melveny in Newport Beach. And there's a partner there doing venture deals. And that's how I found and I said yes to doing, you know, venture deals. And that's how I fell in love with it. And every single transition, even the transition from practicing law every day into like a more operator startup operator focus is because someone asked me to. And I said, yes, I like I took a very open mindset at the beginning of my career to let me try a little bit of everything. It's why I went to business school to get deeper in venture. It's why I went to more of the business side to really understand and have a bigger picture of like this industry and this world. And it, it resulted from me just saying yes to people asking me to do stuff. Can you talk to us about an interesting pivot in your career and what you learned? I would say the most rewarding kind of pivot for me was you know, and has pretty much been my guiding professional goal and North Star so much as to say since making it happen was I left Fenwick. I was practicing as a, as a startup attorney, attorney 
representing startups, investors, et cetera, and, and all types of venture transactions, mergers and stuff. And I went to AngelList and we were building AngelList fund, fund admin team from the ground up. So I was first in startup where I'm an employee, like eight or nine, you know, we're seven months into the business. And because it was an early stage startup, you know, one of the things you you learn in practice about early stage startup is there's not an employees to do everything, right? And so you're not, you, you don't have 200 people that can do the different functions that you need to run a business, which every business needs, right? And so you're wearing multiple hats. Like I was hired as an attorney to review venture transactions. That's not all I did. But while I was there, after getting that experience, after having built a product, having learned how to build a team, I also saw a ton of transactions and I decided to become an investor. And so we started a pre-seed seed stage venture fund. That's a tiny, tiny fund to invest in underrepresented founders and help them at the earliest stages of their company. So like the first check we wrote was the first like large amount of money that we wrote in the company that we invested in. And, you know, that pivot for me and going down that path, it wasn't about writing the checks, but it was really about how do I use the knowledge that I've gained? How do I use the the connections that I've built in this ecosystem to really help founders, especially underrepresented founders who just don't have access to the resources that their white counterparts have. And that like that became a motivating and inspiring thing for me. It, it, it wasn't Writing, writing the checks is the most boring part. Going out and fundraising is a lot of work. It's really about spending time with founders, even if it's just to hear them vent. And so that I didn't realize that at the time that that's what it was about when I first started it. But over the years, you know, it's we just hit the three year mark since we started that, which is insane to even think about. Congratulations. Thank you. It's just changed dramatically in what it's the form it's taken and what it's been about for me over those three years. Yeah, yeah. And so with that, you mentioned North Star, which I love. Is that your North Star helping and supporting founders of color? Is that it or is it bigger than that? Yeah. So I would say I, I often bifurcate my professional and, and personal North Star. So my professional North Star is exactly that, is is to help founders of color at the earliest stages of their business, because that's it tends to be my expertise. When you get into later stage, it's it's less so. My personal mission is broader than that. And it's just to help people in general. That's the reason why I wanted to become a lawyer at at 10 years old. The reason why I got, you know, went down that path was to help people. And so, you know, for me, getting into venture wasn't something that I planned or something that was supposed to happen. It took me a couple of years to figure out, okay. How do I combine this love that I have for venture as in terms of subject matter with my my personal mission of helping people? How do I meld those two things in a way that I'm happy about and excited about? And that's how that North Star came about was I, I, you know, I started really seeing how not only being a lawyer, but being someone that just like works with founders and can give them advice you know, especially founders that look like us that don't typically have access to this world or tech in general, how just sitting with them and giving them actionable advice could meaningfully change their business or change the direction of their company. 
And then that's when I was like, all right, I want to do more of this every single day. And if I could spend all day doing this, I would. Oh, I love that. And usually when people, or not usually, but sometimes when someone is advising a founder, they kind of get that itch to become a founder themselves. Is that something that's ever happened for you? Or do you have reasons for why you might want to stay in a position where you're in a supporting role? I, there's a couple of reasons why I've never wanted to be a founder. One, I, I don't have an idea that's like, oh, I would build a company to go do this, right? I think that's one reason. This, the second reason, I jokingly also say I'd never want to deal with a board of directors, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's on the joking side. But the second reason more so is I prefer to play in the background. I much rather play in the background, play a supporting role as an advisor, as an attorney for these companies, as as an informal coach to founders or formal coach to founders, then play a frontline role. It's just more interesting to me. It's more exciting to me. And I don't have to be the face of the face of things, which I, I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. So friends, we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about another amazing podcast, and that's Latinx Empower, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez, which is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Latinx Empower is a podcast that features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insights from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their careers. I think you'll love a recent episode on toxic positivity in the workplace. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Can you talk to us about a time where something did not work out and what you learned from that? Yeah, I mean, I think the probably the most recent one is is the one I'm just like going through and that like, you know, the last I most recently like in startup world worked at a six-person company as as head of business development and ultimately, you know, for various a variety of business reasons and just the venture landscape, you know, being where it is right now and the just the economy and tech ultimately got laid off at the end of May. And for me, that was a spot I never thought I was going to be in. It happened to 250,000 plus people this year, right? It happened to a ton of people. It's a spot that I never wanted to be in. I never thought I was going to be in. And I thought I was going to go work at the company that I was at, spend the next three years there and decide, okay, what is it do I want to do next? Go into full-time coaching or whatever. It's thoughts. And I was forced to figure out, okay, what do I do now? Right. And, you know, that was a like reckoning and it, and it, it was a big applying to jobs, getting rejected over and over. I don't, I don't even know how many jobs I applied to. I want to say it's got to be like four or 500, you know, not even getting past the resume screen or getting interviews, getting fun rounds, not getting offers. Right. And then the one thing that I thought about and that was coming, kept, was in the back of my mind was like, okay, by X date, if nothing happens, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start practicing law again. I'll do that on my own or, or whatever. The closer it got though, to that date, that date was October 15th. The closer it got to that date, the more I realized I was actually excited 
about practicing law again. It was something I actually wanted to do. And it was something that I, I wanted to do sooner rather than later. I didn't want to wait till that date. And the reason for that is startup attorneys, just me being a startup attorney, we just find ourselves in a different position than most attorneys. Like if you're a litigator, you, you know, you fly in for the litigation, you, sw- you fly out. You're not dealing with the company on a day-to-day basis. In startup world, you're typically forming the company. Oftentimes, you're serving as outside general counsel until the company is big enough to support their own general counsel. This is also true for small businesses that are growing and that need you know, these types of services as well. It's not just startup world, but it's also true for nonprofits. But you're essentially an outside arm of these companies, right? You get to help them in ways that that aren't aren't exclusive to drafting their corporate documents or or attending their board meetings. It's, you know, connecting them to funders, being an ecosystem connector in a way that you invite them to events, you make those connections, you make those introductions um, that most attorneys just don't play that role in, in other practices. And so for me, you know, that was a situation where at first I was freaking out. And if you talked to me like a month and a half ago, I was freaking out. That played into like me figuring out, okay, this is actually something I want to do and I'm going to do it because I want to do it, not because it's my last resort. And I'm super happy about it now. It's Definitely, it was weird to start billing by the hour again, but it has been <laughs> it has been a lot of fun getting back into it. And I'm I'm not I haven't like fully announced it and fully gone out there. I've slowly started to announce it. I'm slowly starting to build a practice, slowly starting to bring in work, and then I'm gonna start picking that up over the next couple of months. Oh, I think that's such a great story. And it sounds like you're just employing a lot of the skills that you were doing before in your previous roles in your role as an attorney. So it sounds really exciting in that it also just is an amalgamation of all your different interests, the intersection of all of that. So, you know, I also appreciate you just sharing how hard it was and how many job applications you put out because you are someone with several fancy degrees, with a strong pedigree. And it is still really hard. And I've been telling a lot of my mentees recently, you know, this is the market. The market is just challenging right now and it is hard for everyone. And so I just think it's important that people continue to push through, keep going, be open-minded perhaps about your next step. Sometimes we're so focused on one vision that we have for our life, but we can always pivot and you're career is certainly an example of that. And I wonder if you have advice for someone who is in that same position that you were in maybe a month ago or two months ago, where you were freaking out, you said, you know, what kind of advice do you have for that person? Yeah, I think, you know, one for, there's a lot of people in tech, right, that are like, they're only looking for jobs in tech, right? You see a lot of recruiters laid off or HR people, there are a lot of other industries out there that other than tech that are hiring, that are hiring people in their corporate departments, in their back offices that are other, that are just, you know, not, not necessarily tech. Also tech is starting to come back. I think the other thing is if you have skills from a freelance perspective, or if you've wanted to learn how to code, use those skills, like use other things or, 
you know, if you've ever thought about making a career pivot, like now's the time to do it. Because I can tell you as, as someone that, you know, just kept applying for jobs thinking, okay, I'm, I'm doing enough, right. I'm doing, I'm getting warm introductions. I'm asking my network for help with job applications. It wasn't enough. And it, it was happening, not just to me, but people that I knew that all had great degrees and great pedigree. And I was like, okay, this is the market. So think about what you have in your background that can help you to either pivot or do something different on the side. Consulting and even if it's like, even if you have website design experience, right? Setting up people's websites or, or marketing experience and being a freelance marketer or you know, for HR people in HR, there's HR outsourced HR teams, right? That like, okay, we don't have enough money to hire an HR person, but we have, we need someone by an hourly basis. So there's creative ways that don't involve just, you know, applying for jobs every day because it's, it's not going to work for some of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice. Very helpful. And with all the different pivots and all the different life experiences, are there some lessons learned that you'd want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I think you have to figure out, you know, we're talking about North Star. It takes a while to figure out. I want to say I was, you know, four or five years in my career before I figured it out. You got to figure that out. You got to think about, you know, what drives you, what motivates you to get up every day and and try to do that thing. If you're not doing that in your current career, the reality is like, if you're not passionate about it, and people say this in startup world all the time, you know, they would take passion over experience or expertise in a, in a any day of the week, because passion is super important. It's It's everything when it comes to, you know, finding something meaningful that you want to do. The other thing is, is, and it goes back to what I said earlier, and, you know, Jay Cole says it best, you only got, you got to love yours, you got to love your life, right? Is be happy with the life you got, you know, know that life's ever changing, it's it's not constant, and you, you just got to keep pushing through. The low times are going to be low for a minute, the high times are going to be high for a minute. Most of the time, life is just like, kind of just whatever, <laughs> but you got to make the most of it each and every day. And know that you're you're the only one that has control over your happiness, right? Like you can only better yourself. It's it's not up to other people. It's a choice you gotta make and you gotta make that choice every single day. Yeah, yeah. I think that's such great advice because if we base our internal happiness on the highs and lows of life, then we're always gonna be up and down. We're never gonna have that steady inner peace. It just comes it just comes with, you know, life experience, right? And having to experience all of the different things. And I think when you still have firsts, even in, you know, in your thirties, when you still have first where you're like, I never thought that was gonna happen to me. It makes you like look back and think about, okay, what my life has prepared me for this moment. And how do I either figure my way out of it or make the most of it, right? Yeah. So Isaiah, this has been such a just really enlightening conversation. I feel like it has been such a great example of someone who has, you know, you followed your North Star, you've been open to opportunities, you've left legal practice and came back. You know, you can do all of these different things. And so I'm just wondering if you have any final thoughts for the listeners. 
Yeah, I think my final thoughts are one, define your North Star. I think, you know, we talked about it, it, you know, be open to the experiences that are going to lead you that way. Try not to be closed off to anything. If life is telling you, hey, maybe you should go down this path, you know, take opportunities where they arise. You never know what's, you know, you never know what's behind door number two, right? Live the life that you got, like live it to the fullest. Be thankful for that life. Be thankful for your family, your friends, all of that stuff. And it's it's about being thankful, paying it forward. My, I think the last thing I'll leave you with is paying it forward is uh, my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies growing up, what set me down a lot of my past in terms of film was the movie Pay It Forward. And so I always try to pay it forward. I don't necessarily pay it back all the time just because the people that pay it forward to me, they, you know, they're better off with me paying it forward. And so the extent you can pay it forward to the next generation or, you know, your own generation and people who are, you know, either struggling or going through some stuff next to you, pay it forward to them. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share the podcast with friends and family. And my hope is that these stories help you navigate your No Straight Path journey. If this content is adding value to your life, and I hope it is, please take a few minutes out of your day to rate the show and write a review. You can click the link in the show notes to write a review. It helps other listeners find the show, and I just really appreciate it. Have a lovely week, embrace the journey, and remember, you're not alone.